So the uh, lection reading today is from John. It's focused again on the Baptist, Baptist the John the Baptist, the central figure for Advent. Uh, my talk today, my sermon today, I haven't done this for a while, will be a first-person sermon, which means I'm asking you to imagine that I am the Baptist, and so I am preaching from the perspective of being John the Baptist. Uh, that's who I am for the next 20 minutes. So John 1, 6 through 8, and then we'll skip over to verse 19. And again, I ask you to listen. This is God's word for us. Now there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men, all people might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light, that gives light to every person was coming into the world. And now over to verse 19. Now this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, who are you? He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. They asked him, then who are you? Elijah? No. The prophet? No. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John replied in the words of Isaiah, the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Now, when the Pharisees, some Pharisees who had sent question him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Now this all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations that reside within our hearts be pleasing to you. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I knew this would happen. Thousands, thousands of people were coming into the wilderness. I had been in the wilderness for many, many years. I had escaped into the wilderness in silence and in scripture to hear the word of God in silence, scripture, and solitude. And now, my silence, my solitude was being broken as thousands of people were coming to the banks of the Jordan where I was to hear me speak. I knew this was coming. My parents had me when they were old, and I was predestined to do exactly what I am doing. I know you people hate the word predestined, but that's exactly what I was. I was destined to be where I am. My father at my birth lifted me up and he said, And you, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you shall go before the Lord to prepare the way for the people to proclaim to them, to them the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. This is what I was predestined to do. And so there I was in the wilderness, and thousands of people were coming to the banks of the Jordan where I was. And among those 
were some interrogators from the temple, from Jerusalem. And those interrogators, some of them who were noble people, those interrogators came and asked me, who are you? Who are you? And I answered. I said, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. I am the voice. Let me start there. I think everybody needs to find their own voice. Or to put it more honestly, somebody need, everybody needs to find the larger voice that they participate in. To hear a larger voice, to know where you are centered, to know where your voice is coming from. I think every culture has what I would call a default voice. That's the voice that you fall into when you don't know what to say or when the crisis is on. I know your pastor makes fun of this. Your pastor is kind of foolish sometimes. But he makes fun of this. But the default voice of your culture seems to me all centered on the individual. You, says the default voice, you need to make sure you take care of you because you are the most important thing that there is. You are the most important you that there is. The default voice. It all has to do with self-centeredness. All about you, as if all the universe revolves around you, as long as you are having a good time and having fun. The default voice. But I wanted to make sure I was not defaulting into that voice. But to hear the voice of God is difficult. It's difficult to hear the voice of God. In my culture, the clamor of the money changers in the temple always arguing over the exchange rate or the price or the cost of some goods. In my culture, it was the constant dickering of the Pharisees over minutia in the law. In my culture, it was the increasing voice of the Greeks, that culture that was coming in that glorified the body, that made an idol out of reason. In my culture, the noise became so loud that I made the decision to leave, to go into the wilderness. So that in the wilderness, in prayer, in scripture, especially Isaiah, in silence, in solitude, I could hear more clearly the voice of God. Who are you, they asked. And I said, I am the voice. I am the voice of God. I listen to that voice so that God's voice could be expressed through me. Who are you? I said, I am the voice crying out. I am the calling voice. I am a speaking voice. I am the crying voice in the wilderness. I think I need to talk a little bit about the wilderness. In my time, really in any time, there is a noble tradition of people who would move away from the noise and the clamor of the city to be alone in silence, in solitude with scripture, in the wilderness. We were called hermits, lived in hermitages. We were called solitaries. And we would go in order to be in silence, in solitude. I wasn't the only one. There was a, not a lot, but others of us in the wilderness. So we could hear more clearly the word of God through scripture and through prayer. Now, we're not naive. Please understand. We heard quite clearly the scorn of those in the city. And so we who were living as solitaries in the wilderness, we heard that scorn. They would say things like, 
well, you're not living in the real world. As if the real world was the constant dickering of the money changers over exchange rates and the value of some item. As if the real world was the Greeks and all their glorification of the body and reason. As if the real world was the dickering of the Pharisees. We knew that reality was found in the voice of God. We are not naive. We knew the scorn of those in the city. They would say things like, well, what good is that doing? I mean, how are you helping the poor out there? As if all of religion is reduced to how functional you are in the world. Please hear me. Please hear me. It is vital, in fact, central maybe to religion, that we are helpful, practice hospitality, help the poor. But... You, of all people, should know this world is not flat, except you have flattened out the world, forgotten that vertical connection, that mystical connection with the Almighty God, that there is that aspect of true religion that talks about that mystical union with God, that hearing the voice of God, even in the wilderness, in the silence and solitude through Scripture, is an essential part of who we are. And so I went into the wilderness in order to hear more clearly the Word of God through Scripture and through prayer. And what happened, what often happened with us solitaries, is that people would risk the harshness of the wilderness in order to hear the voice of God through me, through other solitaries. At first, two or three people would, would risk going into the wilderness, and then they would go back and tell their friends, and pretty soon more and more would come out until we had a multitude of people, until I had a multitude of people coming to the banks of the Jordan to hear me speak the word of God. And the question that I would ask you, who is the speaking voice among you? Are you speaking the word of God? Are you giving voice to the word of God? Or are you falling into that default voice that says, as long as we're nice, as long as you are having a good time, as long as you are paying attention to you, then who needs to speak the Word of God? Are you speaking the Word of God? Because if it's not spoken, it will not be heard, as St. Paul said quite clearly in Romans 10, how will they hear if they're not told? And so when they asked me, who are you? I said, I am the voice. I am the voice speaking, crying out. I am the speaking voice in the wilderness. Should I speak more about living in the wilderness? Because I know um, you people speak about this, and isn't he the guy that ate bugs? Isn't he the one who ate locusts? Have you not read National Geographic? Do you not understand that there's many cultures that eat more than what you eat? And then, in fact, it was a fairly good high-protein diet. And by the way, do you think all cultures gorge themselves on french fries and a dozen chicken wings? And by the way, what kind of freak chicken are you raising? A dozen wings? The wilderness. <laughs> you know, your pastor, and in fact all pastors in your culture, they read dozens of books on church growth. And there are two unmovable principles of church growth. The first is convenience. 
Convenience, convenience, convenience. Make sure there's good parking. Make sure your church is in the way of someplace else. Make sure there's good signage around so everybody's comfortable because it's all about you. So make sure it's convenient and, point number two in all church growth, Make sure people feel good about themselves, a positive message, so that everybody feels kind of warm and good about who they are. Can I suggest that I broke the two unmovable principles of church growth? Where I was was not convenient. To be in the wilderness is a hard place to get to and a hard place to stay in, and my message did not make people feel very good. You brood of vipers, you snakes, you miserable sinners. Who told you to escape the wrath of God? The wrath of God. God is not happy with the way you are living. Not very positive, is it? <laughs> Who are you? They asked. I am the voice. I am a speaking voice. The voice calling out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And how do you prepare the way of the Lord? How do you prepare yourself? First, Repent. Turn away from the culture of the Greeks that idolized the body and reason. Turn away from the constant clamor of the money changer. Turn away from the constant dickering. Turn away from that and turn toward Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Repent, which means turn toward Jesus. Repent. Two, Receive. Are you still listening? As if you're not, can I ask you to listen now? Because of everything, this is the most important thing that is said today. Sometimes you need to enter a harsh place. Sometimes you need to be in a harsh place in order to receive the one that has always been with you. Emmanuel. Can I repeat that? Sometimes you need to be in a harsh place to receive the one, to truly receive the one that has always been with you. Emmanuel. God with you. You need to repent. You need to receive. You need to reorient your life toward Jesus Christ. He must increase. I must decrease. You are not okay the way you are. You need to turn. You need to receive. You need to reorient your life in the way of Jesus Christ. And you need to refresh. When you fall down, and you will fall down, then you need to refresh yourself. He is the light of the world. He is the Lamb of God. He is the forgiveness of our sin. He is eternal life. You need to be refreshed in that truth. Who are you? They asked me. And I said, I am the voice, the speaking voice, the voice crying out in the wilderness. Who are you? Who are you? Let's pray. Lord, we are yours. That's who we are. Amen.